Happy Holidays from the DSR Network. We are deeply appreciative of our members and the year that we've had. To celebrate the holiday season, we are offering a 50% discount on either your first month or first year of membership. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the members-only Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of December, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month or for the first year. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSRHOLIDAY at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSRHOLIDAY. Thank you very much for your support. Hello and welcome to the DSR Daily. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Rothkoff. We are joined today by your other co-hosts, Chris Kotnor. How you doing, Chris? Doing well, thank you. Riley Fessler, how you doing, Riley? Doing swimmingly. Swimmingly, excellent. Um, Chris, for a change, you've actually got something positive to start with. Sort of. Uh, the COP28 summit ended yesterday with 200-ish countries uh, reaching a, quote, groundbreaking agreement to commence the reduction of global fossil fuel consumption, uh, signaling a historic shift away from the oil age. Good news, right? Um, not so fast. It, the agreement calls for transitioning away from fossil fuels in a, quote, just and equitable manner. Um, by 2050, tripling renewable energy capacity by 2030, reducing coal use and advancing technologies like carbon capture and storage. That's all positive, um, but the language suggests uh, that there's still a bit to go here. Um, The fact that they're announcing this is certainly a positive step, but it seems to me uh, over the next couple of days, we'll get into, you know, the details of what was actually agreed to um, and some of the weasel, weasel words involved, um, like net carbon emissions. Uh, but it is a good first step, and you are 100% right. It is a positive story. Well, also, 36 hours ago, it didn't look like they were going to reach this agreement. And, you know, there they stayed, and they worked, and they worked, and they managed to get to this point. Um, and uh, they, the language they used you know, may not have been as strong as it could have been, um, but they did call for people to move off of fossil fuels and to do so in a time frame uh, that still makes, you know, limiting uh, climate change temperature rise at least feasible. Um, there were also some significant commitments to funding uh, climate-related goals. Um, and, you know, when you get 200 countries together and you ask them to agree on something, it's hard. Uh, and they manage to get them to agree on some things. Um, and so among the COP, you know, events that have taken place, and this is COP28, this is going to, I think it's going to rank in the, the top few in terms of uh, outcomes. And because there were some, as opposed to just talk. 
Um, and, you know, a lot of people, for example, remember the Paris Climate Accords, and they thought, well, that was a big deal. Well, you know, the Paris Climate Accords, basically what the agreement did was it called for countries to take care of climate problems, you know, as best they could on their own schedule. It was very weaselly, in other words, to use your words. This is a little bit more specific, and it does address an issue that was thorny. Um, and a lot of credit goes to the small island nations um, that really said, look, we're the ones who are going to pay the price first of climate change. Uh, there was some controversy that they weren't in the room when the final vote was taken, uh, but they moved the needle on this. Riley? So some tough words from President Biden for Israel uh, and their handling of their war in Gaza. He warns that their indiscriminate bombing in Gaza is costing them international support that they've really enjoyed since the beginning of the war, but has seen some waning in recent weeks. Uh, he gave this at a donor event, and at the same event, he also mentioned that their national security advisor, Ben Gavir, is evidence that the Israeli government is the most conservative in their history. And he warned that they cannot say no to a Palestinian state, highlighting his own support for a two-state solution. So some tough words um, from Biden, really his sharpest criticism yet of this conflict. But so far, there's not really been an indication that this is going to be well-received. Netanyahu specifically seems pretty unmoved. Uh, he rejected the calls for the Palestinian Authority to return to Gaza, saying that he would, quote, not allow Israel to respect to repeat the mistake of Oslo, and that he will, quote, not allow the entry into Gaza of those who educate terrorism, support terrorism, and finance terrorism, alleging that, of course, the Palestinian Authority does those things, which they rejected. So good to see Biden is uh, stepping up and giving some more criticism, but will it actually be accepted remains to be seen. Well, I mean, you know, whether it's accepted or not, the pressure from the United States is welcome. The uh, directness of the president is welcome. Uh, and I think for people listening to this, the thing you need to keep in mind is that there is always a delta between what countries say publicly and what they say privately. And if their public criticism grows stronger, that suggests their private criticism is going to grow even stronger than that. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is heading to Israel in the next couple of days. And uh, I think we can expect that behind the scenes, the U.S. is really going to ramp up the pressure because the toll being taken in Gaza right now is unspeakably high. Uh, and the Israelis have made every indication that this is going to go on now for another six weeks, uh, at least. Uh, and it's just, you know, what it has done is what Biden has finally acknowledged, which is undermined uh, Israel's standing in the world and damaged America's standing in the world because we have been backing them. Uh, this is something that was predicted um, by us here, right from the beginning, that the U.S. backing of Israel was going to ultimately lead to tension because Israel was not going to listen to guidance about containing civilian casualties. We'll see. It'll be very interesting uh, to follow this in the next couple of weeks, and in particular to see what comes out of Jake Sullivan's trip. Chris? The House is set to vote <clears throat> on whether or not to move forward uh, in an impeachment inquiry. 
for President Joe Biden. Um, another example of uh, Republicans um, doing stupid shit. I, I, this, You're just I in said a bad this, mood. You're in a bad mood because there are guys with leaf blowers outside your window. <laughs> no, I no, can hear. I can hear the leaf blowers, and it just, that puts me in a bad mood too. If I were president, the first thing I'd do is ban leaf blowers, gas-powered leaf blowers. In it. Maybe you should run for you know local local Would government. You, will you vote for me? There, there was somebody who ran here in town on a pledge to ban gas-powered leaf Notice blowers. Notice the non-answer there, David. Um, yeah, no, I, I felt that. I felt, I felt, I'm not... I felt, I felt that it was like an ice-cold dagger to the heart. But okay, fine. Don't no. vote for me. Fine. Live with your leaf blowers. Well, it's necessary, no? No. Is it not? Electric leaf blowers. Then you know what, what do you do with the leaves? When I was a kid growing up in the 19th century, you know what we did? We raked Burned them, them in a trash can. We raked the li- No. We raked them. We put them on a sheet. We picked the sheet up. We put it in like the back of the car. We drove to the dump. But we first made a big pile of leaves, and we jumped in it for hours. And it was a lot of fun. This used to be fun. Now it's a nightmare. Anyway, what is your story? Is it about leaf blowers? Uh, it's about the impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, well, that's it, that's ju- the, the leaf blowers are way more serious. That impeachment inquiry is complete nonsense. It's it's another example of you know we're using these these like once in a lifetime, even though now. <laughs> It's not so once in a lifetime, but we use these terms. We just throw them around impeachment, you know, uh, getting rid of Congress folk. It, it, it's out of control. I mean, it, it's a waste of time. There are real big issues that need to be addressed, not least of which is, you know, what we're doing in Ukraine, um, you know, and obviously in Gaza and Israel. And we're fighting over whether to move forward with an inquiry to impeach the president of the United States uh, for no good reason. Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, and I think this is the point. When the Democrats impeached Trump, it wasn't for no good reason. It was for a good reason. The Republicans are just bitter that it was for a good reason. And they've now spun this up. And you watch them, even on Fox News or News Nation or whatever those kind of bogus channels are. and and what do you hear? No evidence. There's no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. You know why? He didn't. Um, so it's not everybody that's misusing these terms. It's the Republicans. What do you got, Riley? So President Zelensky made his much-anticipated visit to the Hill uh, in an attempt to kind of sway the Republicans necessary to get this funding through for Ukraine, which has been blocked on the basis of supposedly a need for more action at the border, which to their credit, the Biden administration has said they are willing to negotiate. But his visit really failed to kind of sway those who were really holding out. Senator Lindsey Graham is one of the most outspoken voices on the issue. And he said that he was unconvinced, claiming that the problem is not Ukraine. There's nothing Zelensky can do, placing the blame squarely on the administration. And as I mentioned, they're still holding out for new action on the border in exchange for this aid. 
Congress only has two more days to pass the funding before their holiday recess, which by extension means the deadline by the end of the year that the administration has highlighted is rapidly approaching. And they've said that if this deadline is not met, that there could be a lapse in aid to Ukraine as a result of the funding drying up. And Mike Johnson and Mitch McConnell have both signaled that they support passing funding. Mitch McConnell has really been supporting this from the beginning, whereas Mike Johnson, I think, is a bit more dubious on his support. But it seems unlikely at this point that they'll be able to sway their colleagues unless there's some major deal made. I got a call from a reporter on this yesterday, and the reporter said, uh, isn't this bad news if they can't fund the Ukraine aid for President Biden? And I said, no, it's bad news for Ukraine. It's bad news for Europe. Uh, it has real-life consequences. And then they said, well, isn't this a, a, a failure on the part of President Biden to get this through? And I said, no, this is the Republicans undermining U.S. national security for the same reason that they're conducting this ridiculous impeachment inquiry. And that is they want to score political points and they don't care what the cost is. In the case of the impeachment, it's the debasement of the processes of the legislature. In the case of this, it's actually threatening U.S. national security. There is no Russian general in the 10 years that they have been fighting in Ukraine that has done more to help Russia than Mike Johnson. And I think from now on, we should refer to him as Russian General Mike Johnson, because he is leading the one successful offensive that Putin has had since this latest round of fighting um, began um, uh, almost two years ago. Chris? My final story is a reminder of the people out there at this time of year um, who are in need. And <clears throat> it was a story I came across which I shared with the rest of my family about a teacher who had asked her students to put together a wish list um, for Christmas. And students wrote things like, I would like some slippers to protect my feet from the cold, a bag of Takis requesting the salty and spicy snack. It will help me not to be hungry. I would like to give my mom a gift. She likes to shop at Walmart, wrote another. And this teacher put out a call uh, via social media um, for help for these students. And uh, people stepped up big time and donated um, money gifts. Uh, 600 gifts were purchased from an Amazon wish list. Um, but it's... You know, kids asking for slippers and bags of chips, you know, just a reminder of, you know, what what these families are going through at this time of year. I'm sorry to be emotional about it. No, you should be emotional about it. First of all, it shows that you're a good guy. But secondly, um, these are the times in which we live. Um, and this is what real life is about. And, uh, this is a good time of year to reach out and help other people. And, uh, I think by 
highlighting this. Maybe we'll motivate people to do something to pay it forward, to help somebody else who's in need. Um, uh, that is the spirit of the season, not the kind of things that we typically talk about here. Um, so I'm glad you raised the story. Riley? So to round out another good news story, um, this time looking overseas in Poland, uh, their new government has been sworn in. Prime Minister Donald Tusk uh, is kind of looking to usher in a new era for Polish politics after the previous period of nationalistic focused rule by the PIS. Tusk previously was the European Council president, so there's a lot of hope that he'll oversee a period of better relations with the West and the EU. One of his main goals is to secure billions of dollars of funding that have been frozen by the EU over concerns of the rule of law in the country. But, you know, there's an asterisk here, which is he faced a lot of challenges. The president, President Duda, is a PIS allied and has been very critical of Tusk in the past, even though he's struck a more conciliatory tone today, saying he's open to cooperation. We'll see how that goes. And then a constitutional tribunal ruled that the judicial reforms necessary to free up that funding were unconstitutional. So he has a lot of roadblocks. The PIS has set up a lot of infrastructure in their tenure to make this very difficult for this new government, but very hopeful that PIS is finally out of the majority and we'll see what Prime Minister Tusk is able to accomplish. In a world of not-so-good-news stories for democracy, this is a good news story. Uh, one of the best follows that there is out there about events in Eastern Europe, and particularly about events in Poland, um, because of her close ties there, is Anna Applebaum, uh, the veteran journalist who writes for The Atlantic. Uh, and she wrote this morning that this really marks an end to a six, six-and-a-half-year effort to dilute and uh, undermine democracy in Poland, and the beginning for um, uh, uh, you know a chance to restore uh, those institutions in Poland. Uh, also, uh, it will mark a, a, a strengthening of the resolve against the influence of Putin in the region. Uh, that's important uh, because not every country uh, in the region, uh, notably uh, Hungary, for example, and Viktor Orban, um, uh, uh, is, is with the program at the moment. And we need solidarity and we need leadership. And I think uh, this will help Poland provide even more of that um, in even better ways. So good news on that. Um, uh, and uh, with that, we'll end our roundup for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Of course, later today we recorded the, the mothership of all um, DSR podcasts, the one we've been doing for years and years and years. Uh, and every year at this time, uh, uh, in the two weeks before the holidays, the first week we look back at the year and try to assess how it will be viewed in history. And then the next week we look ahead to the next year. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. So join me and Rosa and Corey and Ed Luce. We're going to look back at the year ahead. Uh, and that should, no, back at the year ahead? No, that's not what I meant. We're going to look we're going to look back at the year just passed and try to put it in some context. So hope you'll join us for that. Until then, bye-bye.